0: the twins somehow won in extras let's talk about it this is locked on twins live you are locked on twins your daily minnesota twins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, like we are right now, live on YouTube. And so we love to have you here with us, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you have questions, feel free to leave them in the comments. And that's always true if you are Watching on YouTube, leave us questions, comments. We'd love to answer them in the third segment, the seventh inning stretch, Voice of the Fan. This whole episode will probably be predicated on your comments and questions and reaction to the Twins winning 3-2 in extras. We're watching right now, at least I think everyone else is, the Guardians and Astros in the 14th inning now. Ryan Presley blew a save And it's been pretty much neck and neck the rest of the way here into the 14th. And, yeah, we'll see if they finish before we're we're done on the air tonight. We did have a breathless post-game minute after the game. You can check that out on YouTube Shorts. And there's a new feature on those called Statistic You Won't Hear Anywhere Else, where I find a stat that I guarantee, or at least try to guarantee, you won't hear anywhere else on a blog, a post-game article, whatever. So tonight's was how the twins fare after starting account 10. I highly recommend you go back and listen to it because it's pretty good proof that your twins offense is not making teams pay. Before we get too far down the line, download the game time app and create an account. Use locked on MLB as your code for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, and yes, your episode today is brought to you by Game Time. Twins play the Blue Jays for Game 2 on Saturday. It's a 2.07 p.m. first pitch here locally at Rogers Center, and it's Joe Ryan against, we think, Bowden Francis or Bowden Francis. You can catch every game of the Twins' hometown broadcast. This time around, it's Corey with Paul Molitor, who's been absolutely delightful. But you can catch that on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Twins. We've got a bunch of fun questions coming in already, and we'll get to those here as soon as we can. Twins win 3-2 in extras, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it did not feel all that fulfilling. Um, Twins three, three runs, seven hits, but... Outside of Royce Lewis, the so Royce Lewis goes four for four, and the rest of the team goes <laughs> three for 32. There are a lot of reasons to watch this game and think that this Twins offense did not really do much to change how we should view them. First of all, one thing I want to start with here, Yusei Kikuchi. So Yusei Kikuchi comes in. He's got an ERA of over four, but it gets better. It it gets better. He has allowed opposing batters, again, coming into the game, to hit an astonishing 267, 326 on base, 521 slugging percentage. Opposing batters have averaged more than two homers per nine innings against him since the start of last season. 162 innings. And the Twins do absolutely nothing outside of basically a bunch of singles from Royce Lewis and a Michael A. Taylor home run. By the way, Michael A. Taylor, nine home runs on the season. Less than half as many games as last season but as many home runs if he could hit this many home runs for his pace over 500 plate appearances would be 26 home runs his career high is 19 in 2017 with the Nationals so we'll see if that's uh something that'll be worth watching here thank you Alan Hess chiming in that the Astros scored in the 14th I have that pulled up here on uh, MLB.tv on my monitor to the right, which, yeah, absolutely um, just phenomenal, phenomenal game going on so far. Um, also to Ryan Linderholm saying Stro's in a, Gardens in a crazy game. Yeah, we're keeping an eye on that one right now. It seems as though whoever teams, uh, whoever either of these teams bring in, they're good for one run to give up. Or you have Jeremy Pena making kind of a goofy play at short on um, what should have been a six-use, six-three double play ball. It's, um, yeah, not pretty. Uh, Ryan Linderholm saying, Michael A. Taylor and Royce Lewis were the Twins offense. Yeah, I guess if you take away, and again, you take away. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of um, cherry picking. But five for seven for Taylor and Lewis two for 28 for the rest of the team. So one for 14 and one for 14. I mean, obviously they're hitting lower than 0.100. You know, that's one for 10. They're one for 14, two for 28. Um, I'm not great at math, but I could, you know, I could probably pull that up here. Two for 28. 0.071. So the rest of this offense hits 0.071. And basically they still managed to win. Also to Jacob Tobin says, yeah, we don't know how the twins managed to win, but we'll take those otherwise or nonetheless, which is, is cool. And to John Lano saying excited you're going live. Yes. I'm going to, as I learned this software, first of all, I learned that I know how to record without coughing anymore. Just in time for me to not feel so sick. But again, now you don't have to listen to that nonsense. Of me coughing on air, I, it, I I thought I had a pretty good figuring of it, but um I think I'm 100 now. So you guys should be real excited about that, I'm sure. Um, just just distracted by this Guardians Astros game here, nine eight still. Chaz McCormick at the plate, Zadion Curry pitching, but nevertheless, yeah, we're gonna try to go live more often as I learn this software a little bit better. Um, also two from John. Joe Ryan leads the entire MLB in x-woba which is incredible. Yeah, that split that he's added has been phenomenal for him. I don't know if it's if it's the tunneling ability of the two pitches, the fastball I throws a lot in the split. But I discussed with uh, uh, Blake Murphy on Fan 590 in Toronto earlier today is that I think with the split, you usually rule it out low because it's going to drop further out of the zone. If he can set his fastball down there and then use the split off that and then vice versa up top, I think that's what makes a pitcher who doesn't throw you know, 95, 96 regularly that much more valuable. And a good comparison, and, and Blake brought this up, is Kevin Gaussman, who I believe the Twins are going to face in uh, game three of the series. So a little compare and contrast of notes to see what that looks like. Um, But, yeah, you got to like your chances, Joe Ryan. It looks like something named Bowden Francis or Bowden Francis will pitch for the Jays. I do not know that much about him. I'm going to pull him up here on Fangraphs because we want to give him the Fangraphs treatment. But, um, you know, with that said, I'm not exactly sure. his story is contract selected as of three days ago he's pitched two-thirds of an inning so barely pitched in the big leagues and that was two-thirds of an inning last year so don't really know much about him fastball curveball slider changeup looks pretty standard again two-thirds of an inning so we don't really know much about his repertoire but looks like that's who we'll see on saturday and as most people think he'll probably carve them up because again Yusei Kikuchi comes in with an 847 OPS against tonight and still manages to, I don't know if I'd say slice and dice through the Twins, but five innings, four strikeouts. Did give up the homer to Michael A. Taylor, which again is uh, basically all of the Twins' offense outside of scratching a run across late. Again, got to give Royce Lewis... Credit for having a pretty stellar game, two, four hits. Gets his average back up to 270. Um, beyond that, though, pretty uninspired offensive night, which I think a lot of people expected with Donnie Solani, Willie Castro, and Kyle Garlic in the top three of the order. And again, too, Rocco used his substitutions like he does a lot in games where they go from righty to lefty and lefty to righty. Um, but with that said, it just they didn't have the answer for Kikuchi, and I thought Kikuchi's curveball looked pretty dreadful. Nate Pearson looked nasty. They really looked clueless against Yimi Garcia, which I didn't think was necessary. I mean, the guy's got an ERA over five and strikes out two of the three guys he faces. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what was going on there. Let's take a quick break before we jump back into your questions and comments. We'll talk a little bit about uh, game time. So GameTime.co or the GameTime app. If you're looking for tickets to a game, and again, the Twins are coming home here pretty soon. I think they got a 10-game homestand. Brewers, Tigers, there's going to be some fun games coming up here. And the weather is just perfect, too, right now to go out to Target Field for a late evening game. I mean, right now, what is it, 72 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Can you imagine walking back to your car 72 degrees after sitting out for two and a half hours of what you hope is a win? Can't get much better than that. And so, if you're trying to find tickets, GameTime is your app or GameTime.co if you want to use the browser. And basically, all you do is you find last minute ticket deals. Don't have to plan in advance. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So, if you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, they give you 110% of the difference. You get to see where your tickets are going to be when you buy them. So, you get a good idea of the view. You buy them in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're done. And the tickets go directly to your phone. It's it's a no brainer. It's so easy, and it's not just games. It's shows, it's concerts, etc. You just find your city or your metro area, search different venues, search different events, and that. Uh, oh, great! The Guardians just tied it up again. Um, but yeah, back to game time. You just have to download the app. It's uh, you download the app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnMLB. It's twenty bucks off your first purchase. It's Biggest no-brainer of all time. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem code lockdown MLB for 20 bucks off your first order. That's the downtown. Download game time. There we got it. Today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. So I want to give some credit to uh my dog for just walking in here. But no, um, <laughs> probably won't play well on the podcast, but I'm sure you guys will appreciate it if he if he shows up here on the live broadcast. Uh Juan Duran going back out after a pretty stressful ninth inning. Um pretty stressful probably underselling it. Let's just walk through what exactly happened because it's uh it's actually kind of a Houdini act and one that if I think the Twins had been on the other end of would have frustrated me to no end. So Duran hits Santiago Espinal with a pitch, George Springer doubles to center off the right center field fence, Espinal to third, and I bet they're probably, you know, wanting that back in the sense that maybe he could have scored, but still you're set up in a good way with Alejandro Kirk, who had entered the game, a good contact hitter, then there's Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., and eventually it gets to Brandon Belt, but that's uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves. With that said, so Springer doubles, you got runners on second and third with nobody out and you're facing, so Kirk, Bichette, Guerrero. So you basically have to pick two of the three that you're going to attack, one that you'll put on if the inning gets to that point, assuming it's not Kirk, which why would it be Kirk? But so they get Kirk to ground out to Willie Castro at second, really nice play by Castro, who had only been at second base for the beginning of that inning. I mean, just a, an absolutely incredible job by Willie to to make that play. And then they go after boba which I second-guessed because I'd rather face Vlad Jr. with them loaded than Boba with two-in scoring position. It worked out. They got Boba on a pitch in the dirt. Vladdy was intentionally walked. And then Brandon Belt lined one again, right to Willie Castro, hero of the inning. Twins scratch one across in the top half on a sack fly. Ryan Jeffers scores at the plate. I am not... I will say not convinced that Kirk did not block the plate there. And let me tell you why. Oh, the Guardians have just walked off the Astros. Wow, very very cool guys, very cool. Twins up a game and a half in the division. Nevertheless, back to the 10th inning. Uh yeah, so so the throw gets home about the same time that Jeffers does, but it um it Uh, Kirk can't corral the throw, but I was just thinking like, I think Kirk was in the baseline way more egregiously than Gary Sanchez was last year. When guess who, um, Whit Merrifield scores in that game that basically, I think you can make the case derailed the twins last season. So yeah, we're watching Cleveland having walked off the Astros in, it's a pretty ugly game. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so neither team scores in the 10th or 11th, then the Guardians score, sorry, the Astros score 1-1-1 in the 12th, 13th, and 14th, Guardians go 1-1-2, just, um, just your random 19 run, 29 combined hit game, um, yeah, not much more to say than that, kind of sick of this from the Guardians, but this isn't locked on Guardians, so, Yeah. Our friend Ryan says he was at the game when Will Brennan hit the two-round homer off Sonny Gray, so he's starting to hate this guy. You know, speaking of Sonny Gray, Fox had the Twins game against the Guardians, and A.J. Pierzynski called it. A.J. Pierzynski was on On Twins on Thursday, yesterday, if you're watching this on Friday. Highly, highly, highly recommend you go watch that. A.J. was brilliant. I did my best to feed him some questions he hadn't heard in a long time. But, I don't know. You can be the judge. You can... You can watch and um, you know see what you think. I'd love to hear from you. But again, Durant. So Duran pitches out of that damage in the um, the ninth. They get to the tenth. Twins push the run across. Now in the ninth inning, I'm pulling it up because I want to make sure I speak on this correctly. Um, in the ninth inning, Duran had thrown sure I got this here 21 pitches that um let's see that's the third most he's pitched in a ninth inning this season most in about a month and a half since Kansas City when the twins lost at home 3-2 on April 29th then he comes back out though for the 10th which we haven't seen that much of he's only pitched now two 12th or 10th innings this season Um, where he's pitched more than 10 pitches. Astros 7-5 win on May 29th, so about, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 days ago. Otherwise, it was the loss to the Dodgers, the win over the Padres in, both of those were in mid-May, and then against the Red Sox in mid-April in Boston. So we have not seen a lot of Duran coming back out for that second inning when it's 9-10. I especially like it on the road because you're trying to keep The other team from doing anything on the bases you know you get a guy with a little more contact based approach pitching wise and it's tough to keep a runner from scoring from second and we again we saw that in six straight half innings um of this guardians astros game you know if you're you don't have your best guys out there you're kind of at the whim of and that's the game the guardians play best you know um singles and bleeps and bloops and all that stuff bleeps i guess if you're a twins fan bloops if you're a guardians fan um Jacob says the Eduardo Escobar juan Duran trade is one of the best the front office has made. Yeah, I think I think Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz, and again, keep in mind too, Drew Stroatman was in that trade. Um haven't heard much about him lately. Let's see if we can find anything about him. Um we have not seen them make a better trade than Joe Ryan and Strutman for Nelson Cruz. Um, Nelson Cruz more... I, I don't want to say he was broken down. And there was no indication that he was not going to be um, at least decent. But in the two seasons post-raise, he's got a 651 OPS. Um, he's 160 games, he's hit 13 homers. That's decidedly not... Nelson Cruz and so I said 160 games he's on a rehab stint right now I think working his way back from injury and then he only had a 725 OPS with the Rays meanwhile the twins have turned Joe Ryan into I mean a fringe Cy Young candidate I don't know if I'd say he's even ahead of Sonny Gray at this point but I think the fact that he's good enough to even be considered um you know certainly certainly is is something that's cool to consider Let's come down the seventh inning stretch here. But before we do that, let's talk about bird dogs. Are you wearing bird dogs yet? They are comfortable shorts and pants. They make you look good. Stretch khakis make you look thinner, thim, slimmer, thinner, slimmer. I get oh, easy for me to say. Through the thigh and leg, they give you a nice sculpted look. I wear mine all the time. AJ tried to tell me I only have one pair, but I do have two. So I didn't wear the same pair back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday. Do not let AJ Pierzynski deceive you but they look kind of like the lululemon shorts that you see but they're cheaper they fit better um they come with a liner that kind of acts as like the underwear uh, just fabulous um so it looks like khaki but it stretches in a slimmer fit makes a guy like me even look like I have definition in my legs um but yeah I love them um next time maybe I'll wear them on camera live right now I'm wearing my fangraph shorts which I think fangraphs athletic shorts is kind of a um, an oxymoron, but it is what it is. Uh anyway, I have worn them, I love them. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb. Enter promo code locked on mlb. You get a free Yeti style tumbler from them. It's a cool tumbler. I do not have mine with me, but I did have it on the air with AJ. But again, it's it's virtually identical to a Yeti. And you get it for free. So birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, and you get a free tumbler. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. We guarantee it. we come down the home stretch again, too. Thanks for making us your first listen every day on Locked On Twins. If you're an everydayer, at the very least, we will be back on Monday. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll come back and hang over the weekend, too, because these lives seem like they could be a really fun option as long as I can be as prepared as necessary, which is is not always a guarantee. Twins play game two of the series with the Blue Jays on Saturday, 2.07 p.m., Joe Ryan against Bowden Francis, we think. We don't know yet for sure. But you can hang out with Corey and Paul Molitor on the Twins broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you got to do is search Twins. And we even have an ad on there where I'm telling you to listen to this show. So if you hear that ad, shoot me a message because I'd love to know that people are hearing it. I heard it the other day on my way to Culver's. And let me just tell you, it was it was kind of cool to hear my own self talking on SiriusXM. So check that out. And again, thanks for checking us out as well so oh boy chris Jimenez on the post game for the guardians old friend chris Jimenez next to jensen lewis um not a lot of hair going on there boys but uh yeah guardians walk off the astros 10-9 twins lead remains one and a half games in the central um guardians get their 30th win of the season twins 32 and 32 um yeah, I uh I did not believe this team was going to win this game. I didn't feel like they even had a chance. And we had that one in Houston with the Jeffers just absolute missile into the Crawford boxes that they had no business winning that they won. And then they had one other one recently that is escaping my mind, but the the fact that their most recent wins have been ones that you wouldn't expect them to win. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Again, we said earlier in the show, offensively, outside of the duo, I mean, Royce Lewis goes four for four. The rest of the team goes three for 32. Three for 32 for batting averages, 0.093. If you subtract Michael Taylor, who went one for three, the rest of the team goes two for 28. As we said already, two for 28. That's a 07 on average. So it's hard to be real enthused about this game because we did see a lot of the same issues that we've seen. I don't want to say all season long because they've had stretches where they've hit. But for instance, the Trevor Larnick swing, 3-1, it was a half swing, but nevertheless a swing. Um came in the top of the eighth. So Yumi Garcia, who struck out Kirloff and Willie Castro swinging. And again, this is a guy with an ERA over five. Um, goes down 3-0 to Larnick. Larnick takes a strike, which I guess, I mean, I guess I get it. Um, I would give him the green light 3-0 if that's not the pitch he wanted. He probably had the green light and didn't swing. But then he checks on a pitch well out of the strike zone. And again, like I have to question your plate, sorry, your pitch identification if you're even considering swinging at that. 3 0, you're one pitch, one location. 3 1, you're about, I don't know, a half step beyond that. And to me, Larnick needs to have better process than that at the plate. And it feels like the Twins do that all game long. They get into hitters' counts, they do not capitalize, and they either get caught looking, which they've done more than every team, except for the giants this year, or they get caught looking, but rung up on a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad pitch. And at some point, like the frustration has to bubble over to where it's not just bleeping umpires, but not putting yourself in that situation. And the twins are doing that. They're doing that a lot. So, um, that, that to me is a simple process thing. It's low IQ baseball that should be imminently fixable without too much trouble. Um, big, big ups for Griffin Jacks. I believe I heard that was his seventh straight scoreless outing. So good to see him getting back on the bicycle, perhaps taking the bicycle out of the hands of Jorge Lopez, who's obviously struggled of late, but a lot more of the same twins striking out late, non-competitive at-bats. And I'll give you a little treat here because um I pulled it up. The Twins are hitting 220, or was it 224? I'll pull it up here just so I have it. But basically it comes down to how the Twins are hitting when a count starts 1-0. So after 1-0, uh, basically it's a hitter's count, hitter's succeed very very often after one across all of MLB this season teams are hitting 260 with a 381 on base and a 445 slugging so I don't even know how you'd compare that to just because the the walks the walk numbers are high. I think that's what probably would be like an 80th or probably a 90th percentile outcome for Edouard Julien is if he could hit 260, 381, 445 Um The Twins, meanwhile, so teams are hitting 260 on average. The Twins are hitting 222. So actually, it it hadn't fully updated. I think I said 220. I think I said 224. So it hadn't updated with their final plate appearances of the night when I posted that. Only one team is hitting worse. One team. The Padres, 211 after 1-0. So again, they're not punishing pitchers. And then two, 391 slugging percentage. Um, that puts them, let's see here, 28th. So they're not getting hits and they're not hitting driving mistakes after hitters counts. That simply has to change. And how that happens, I don't know. We got a lot of people asking too. Alan Hess, how culpable is the hitting coach in all this? I don't have a good answer because at the end of the day, you decide what to swing at as a hitter. They instill maybe a policy, maybe they're like your almost like your psychia- psychiatrist at the plate. I asked Joe Vaver about that. I, I meant told him I wasn't joking, but um you know, you are a psychiatrist, a hitter psychiatrist. And so I don't know. We haven't seen them fire a coach in season. We've only seen Wes Johnson jump ship. So I don't know if that's a close thing or not, and I don't know how much. It matters. Also, Ryan, too, says a lot of his buddies are saying it's a hitting coach. Honestly, I really don't know if um, if that's the issue or not. Um, last thing I want to touch on, we're going to go a little over here, but that's okay. We're supposed to only go a half hour. But um, Sonny Gray, five innings, gets lifted. And I think if someone was a box score watcher, they'd say, well, what the heck? Numbers look good. He throws 76 pitches. What's the deal? Well... Let's go back and look at his fifth inning. If you look at his fifth inning from tonight, he 76 pitches, but I want to make sure I have this exactly right because I believe it's 31 of them. Nearly half came in the fifth inning. Um, two hits, two walks, two strikeouts. Seven batters faced, but four of them reached that to me is getting out of an inning by the skin of your teeth. And, you know, I know sixth inning. Moran comes in, gives up the single to Espinal. The, then Brock Stewart gives up the double to Springer and that's Moran's run. But I get the process of of taking out gray at that point. Um, you know, he had just not been, he had not been good in the fifth inning and, For the sixth, I mean, do you send him back out there to face Merrifield, Varsho, Espinal? I don't know. Miranda did a good job until, um, you know, Espinal getting on. Espinal had a nice season last year. He's been, you know, much more of a struggling hitter this year. But, um, you know, you trust Stewart to get the job done, and Springer doubles off him on the first pitch. It's nice to have a guy like George Springer, coming off your bench to hit a sweeper off the right field fence. Not every team has that. But with that said, yeah, Sonny Gray to me not working further than that was a lot less surprising than I expected it to be when I kind of went back and, uh, you know, kind of looked at the the numbers, the, the specific numbers that were at the disposal of Rocco and friends. Well, that's it. That's a wrap. Again, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you follow Locked on Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. Check out the AJ Prezinski episode from Thursday. I cannot emphasize this enough. It was so much fun. AJ was just great. Uh, subscribe, like, give us a five-star review. Hit that button beneath here that says subscribe. We'd love to have you. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us and have a freaking weekend.